travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin Lore podcast. Last week, we discussed the cinematic masterpiece that was Shadows of Snowstorms, aka the Suspedo event. We're still keeping our eyes out for Dorian every time we step on Dragonspine. And this week, we'll be discussing the Gwaili Assembly. Additionally, I want to remind travelers to visit TalesOfTavat.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. On our site, you can also find some awesome goodies, including artist spotlights from the community for each episode, wallpapers for download, and a way to check out some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesatavotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. So today we're going to take a step back into the deep history of leeway and the gods, archons, adepti, and monsters that have ruled over it. Did that make sense? <laughs> Everybody and their mother. So what exactly is the Gwaili Assembly? We hear about it a lot in Genshin, but it's something that's not currently around mm-hmm. in Leeway Harbor. You know, when I first heard of it, I, I really thought it was like an assembly of three people. It was, hey, here's this group of people that are running this whole shebang. But I was so wrong. <laughs> it's like, a whole area of people that all lived in the i guess that's the northern part of leeway you would say yeah i feel like it's um the dwelling of people north when uh leeway harbor sort of decided to expand and they had all these people like sort of move northward into the plains so guayli assembly is really like the guayli plains yeah it's just like at one point it stretched out slightly beyond the plains you know, it's but it's like yeah. all semantic. It's all that whole the whole area. It was a very flourishing, prosperous group of people. It's so confusing to me anytime someone says north, south, east, or west in this game because I'm like, wait, is the map oriented properly? Which way is actually north? But for the sake of this episode, we mean just like we were looking at the map, basic north up, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. which is the same. It's they kind of that's the one thing I think they made it a little bit. They try not to move that map around. So you're looking at it really kind of as if <laughs> to be a flat earther of Tavat. Um, it's once we're just looking at one oh, area. No, not a flat earther. <laughs> I think it's a, yes. I think Tavat is flat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, come on. We don't even know where the dark sea is yet. I think <laughs> the dark sea is under us. It actually <laughs> might be. Yeah. So I think, I think that we're just like a seven layer dip. Yes, we are. Yes. We are we're a, delicious. A we're delicious <laughs> seven-layer dip. We're right actually now. in the third world because we are the third Honkai game. Stick a chip in me. No, that's Celestia's the chips. They only come down when needed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so all the sky nails... <laughs> They're chips that fell in. <laughs> they are tempted. They are tempted most recently, aren't they? I'm tempted. But anyway, besides flat Tavat, seven layer dip Tavat, seven layers of drama too. So the Guili Assembly was originally created by Guizhong and Zhongli. We know Zhongli as Morax, aka our god of geo, god of contracts, god of history. Another person with 5,000 names. And the creator of Mora, despite the fact that he's broke. And Zhongli... I feel, I feel like it was sort of Guizhong, <laughs> the god of dust, who was like, um, I'm taking my people northward. And she sort of appealed to Zhongli and was like, you're going to help me, right? <laughs> yeah, and she gave him like a dumbbell or something and mm-hmm. was like take this this is our bond now we're gonna work together and we'll protect the people together which i just constantly think is that a translation issue like a dumbbell (laughs) is the weirdest i know i i thought the same thing too (laughs) i was like did this not transfer correctly but hold up you see now in that meeting which we we can read in the memory of dust basically they like flirting but it's mentioned that Zhang is kind of a meathead. Yeah. In his because he was he was very young at the time. So like what if he was just a gym bro? GTL gym tan laundry. <laughs> oh. This just kinda 
confirms to me that all geos are either insanely smart or just so much of a meathead that they don't care as dumb as a box of rocks <laughs> if you would well i mean <laughs> just look into ito and kind of like ito dumb as a box of rocks goro is just innocent and like naive so He's is noel smart. innocent He's... and naive ningguang mastermind wait yeah. is super smart that's what i'm saying they're either super smart or dumb and innocent <laughs> Yeah, Albedo, Ningguang, super smart. Yeah, well, maybe that's also, you know, we always say sometimes that, you know, while there's no connection so far, that the Archons seem to have some similarities with the people who get their visions. So if Zhang Li started as a meathead and became a genius, which he did, and a lot of people think that's because of Wei Zhang and that she really instilled the importance of history and intellect into him. It would make sense that, you know, there's kind of two halves of a hole there for him and his vision. But it's interesting that you said that, though, that she because I think with that same catalyst and correct me if I'm wrong, Al, but with memory of dust, I think she says she put all of her wisdom within it. And like, if you can unlock it, you can have it. Like she says that, like when she's dying, like forget about that dumbbell, you'll never be able to open it. But she says, like, all of her smarts are in there. Maybe he yeah. actually got it yeah. open. I'm so shook. Like, where is the dumbbell? I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> <laughs> Apple is like, I don't know where it is. Yeah, I'm going to take my my, uh, my watch off. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, from what we've learned about Zhongli since Guizhong's passing... It does seem like he kind of mourned and became a different person. Yeah. That's when he became known as the God of Contracts. You know, his first contract Mm -hmm. was created after her death. So he really wised up, smartened up, and became really good at strategy at that point, too. So it would make sense if he, maybe even in mourning, had been able to unlock it. Like, truly showing empathy in a way he had never done before. Kind of the opposite of Deshret, isn't it? Yeah, Deshret went mad instead. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody grieves differently. Yeah, everyone grieves differently. There's seven stages. Some skip some. Also, I think it depends on the woman that makes you go mad. True. The goddess of flowers was quite manipulative and sketchy at times. So Exactly. (laughs) Wrong. Yes, she was. She planned her death. No, she foresaw her death. No, I think she planned it. (laughs) (laughs) She foresaw the cataclysm. Had a yes. She did, yeah. Yeah. And then and her, her death. death. No. <laughs> well, she would have first saw her death if she planned it. So you're both. That's right. also true. Anyway, back to Leeway. So uh Guizhong and Morax, they make this deal together and they move their both of their people into what is now known as the Guili Plains. While there, they team up with some of the Adepti, specifically and mostly Streetward Rambler, a.k.a. Madam Ping and Cloud Retainer, as well as Marchosius, a.k.a. Guova, the Stove God. Yay. And there are quite a few other Adepti, and it's even mentioned that there might have been one or two other, like, small gods involved as well in the Assembly, but those are really your main characters, and eventually, this assembly does disassemble <laughs> after Guizhong's death during the and Archon War. So th- this War. is before the Archon War, right? So they form prior to the Archon War, but Guizhong dies during the Archon War. Right. And once she dies, it is said that there's a huge storm and the Adepti and Morax and Guoba helped move all the people back down south toward Leeway Harbor. And that's when they first established the harbor and Morax took over and made his first contract. So it can be assumed that by the time they reached Leeway Harbor and he made that first contract, that he was the Archon, like that he had come out on top. And Cloud Retainer was heartbroken along with Morax. Mm-hmm. Right. And and Madam Ping. Matt, that they all loved her. Instead of a love triangle we had a love square and <laughs> no one won in that situation much like the other love triangle well it's like 
so sad. It's so awkward too because when you jump into the current arc, not the current arc online, but like the leeway arc online, the modern storyline of Genshin, when Zhang Li has the traveler getting ready to do like the is it right of ascension like when morax is dead and we're helping prepare the ceremony for like his funeral he sends us to get a bell from madam ping which we actually learn a little bit more about during lantern right this past year and when we go to see madam ping she says that an old friend had given her the bell she basically knows that Morax is asking for it, despite the fact that Morax is supposed to be dead. So it's insinuated that Zhongli is avoiding her <laughs> for unknown reasons. Whether he thinks he's being slick and hasn't been caught in his fake death, or maybe he is still upset and hasn't really talked to Madame Ping since Guizhong's death. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, she kind of, I mean, she left. So that would be, he kind of moved on too. But like, she left that kind of the adepti and wanted to live amongst the people and be a normal person as much as she possibly could be. And that was after Guizhong's death? Yeah, that was after Guizhong's death. So I think it was part of her way of dealing. Maybe her way of dealing actually was just, I can't see people anymore. I gotta be on my own. That's so yeah, sad. Yeah, she packed up her bags and walked on out. We'll include a link to to the, the beautiful cutscene that actually has all of this from the Lantern, right? Like you said, um, we'll have it on the site. It is very beautiful. Yeah, because Cloud Retainer also seems to have been avoiding Madame Ping in that Lantern Right storyline, too. Mm -hmm. Although we forced her to go talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, I really think it was like Madame Ping was like, deuces, see you later. Deal with your own shit. I'm I'm out. <laughs> Wait, so do you think that the uh, the dumbbell could be the cleansing bell? No. I don't think so, because in this cutscene piece, they talk about the creation of the bell. And how it was Wei Zhang was trying to make music from it, basically through mechanics, making music. And um, yeah. Streetward Rambler was like, you can't make music this way. It has to be like real, actual music. Yeah, so that's kind of where that bell comes in. Yeah, Wei Zhang believed that mechanics and mechanisms could create simple melodies that could help assist and inspire, where Madame Ping believe that music could never be replaced by things made of mechanics and that it had to be something that came from like the heart and that's where they end up getting into a lot of heated debate and they bring in morax who they considered a neutral third party to settle the debate and he just confiscated the bell <laughs> he was like nope nope this is mine now stop fighting over it kids and then eventually when guizhong dies Madame Ping asks for it and he then gives it to her to hold on to and, and protect. But I would like to take a little bit of a deep dive into all of our characters, if that's cool with everyone that was in the Guayli Assembly, because while the Guayli Assembly itself can kind of be simplified, I guess, in a few quick sentences, there's a lot of drama and lore and shit that goes on when you take a deeper look at all the players. Yeah, it gets really complex. And a little unsure in some places, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, as we'll start to unravel well, of when I, things happened. I guess let's start with Guizhong. So I was <laughs> reading and it says that Guizhong is presumed to be older than Morax. Really? Yeah, More but... than likely, because <gasps> there's a possibility that she settled in a location somewhere where like south of Liwei Harbor and I know she moved northward after a particular flood which we'll get into but there's a high likely chance because yes Zhongli is the oldest archon he is not the oldest god I mean she's dead so he wouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> he wins I mean, he, he, he might her, still be but... the oldest god <laughs> like today marchusius is still technically alive in guoba that's true i didn't realize the whole like marchusius fell asleep for x amount of years forgot who they were and woke up as guoba i was yeah. like oh <laughs> the only thing that woke him up Zhongli. Zhongli's <laughs> cooking oh my god and baby Zhongling is so cute oh, it's so cute yeah i just want like a little like plushie of her as a baby she was so adorable but so guizhong possibly older than Zhongli 
And she had a lot of guts. She was also known as the God of Dust. And she was very understanding of the fact that she wasn't that powerful of a god. But she knew she had the smarts to be a god. And that was the main reason she approached Morax. And it makes sense if she's a goddess of dust. Like, it makes sense that she's not, you know, she doesn't have, like, that forceful impact. Of rock. Because, yeah, she's, like, dispersed, like, in little tiny particles. So, makes sense. And, and you know what's interesting is we also know that there was a god of salt. So, it's also very curious that there's, like, dust, salt, rock. Like, what else is there? And it makes me curious about some of the other gods that might have been in the other nations, too. But prior to the Archon War. It kind of reminds me... Of, yeah, there's the god of dust and the god of salt, but when we kind of like break that down, we're breaking it into minerals, which again, geological forms. We've got, you know, little rocks becoming even little rocks. There was Albedo, the god of cinnabar. I mean, <laughs> he's he might the, not he's be the a god, god of your yet. cinnabar. I don't know what that means either, actually. Cinnabar sin. But since you mentioned the god of salt, we learn about her in Zhang Li's story quest, correct? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, that's right. He had more than one, didn't he? So when do we think that that whole interaction may have happened? Do you think that was still Archon War-ish time? Harvia totally died during the Archon War just because... Zhongli mentioned something about her death being like a lesson for him during the Archon War. And her body basically like turned to salt, right? Her people turned against her and she lost control of her powers. And in some cases, people think it was a suicide even, right? Mm -hmm. Going through that whole domain was very traumatic because, I mean, there's a lot of like allusion to... Oh God, what's that story from the Old Testament where people turn into pillars of salt? That shit. You're thinking of uh, Lot's wife, right? Who turned into a pillar of salt. Very reminiscent of that. Mm. And it's kind of, it's terrifying. <laughs> she like medusa'd them. M basically medusa'd yeah. <laughs> them into salt. You know, the spice trade should find that location and you could make big money off a of salt of a god. Oh my god, imagine. Wait, who needs Himalayan rock salt when you can have Havria salt? The <laughs> body of a god. Well, would you guys still love me if I turned into a pillar of salt? Yeah. Oh, I guess. I'll yeah. put you in a little charm necklace and carry you around with me. I'll bring you some cinnabar. Oh, yes. Dreams come <laughs> true. But back to dust, not salt. Guizhong, so besides the fact that she was super smart and honestly seems very strategic, I feel like her and Kokomi would have gotten along very well in like their love of strategy because it definitely took a lot of strategy for her to go up to Morax that first time around. And then to gift him all of her knowledge, basically, if he be could become worthy of it. But a few other things about her, she loved the glaze lilies. She also was really into mechanics and mechanisms, and she collected, like, Conrean technology, which yeah. is interesting because that's, like, pre-cataclysm. Like, was she yeah. friends with them? How old is Conrean? Like, I know that, like, we're talking about, like, leeway as a whole. It, mm -hmm. Like, it was there, but... It's over 6,000 years old. Yeah. That's, so... But they're, like, that smart 6,000 years ago, too? I mean, there there's a lot of debate with that, but we do know that at, kind of at the very end of Salvin Dagner's lifespan, that civilization, Conria was kind of coming yeah. up and flourishing. So, which is arguably right before the second who came, or around the same time. Okay, possibly the same time. And for travelers who might not remember, Salvinier is the original uh, community that lived on Dragonspine when it used to be a beautiful grassy place prior to the snow and the sky nail. <laughs> and the giant icy dildo. Yeah, the giant ice, a.k.a. Icy our tortilla down. chip and our seven-layer dip. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I just thought that was super interesting. And, you know, Tiff, you bring up a good point of, like, did they already have such amazing technology back then? Because we know that Guizhong died approximately 3,700 years ago. And we know that from a conversation that we have with Ningguang, 
where she mentions that contracts started 3,700 years ago. But there is another place that mentions Guizhong's death, although I don't remember where I saw it necessarily. Uh, But we know that she died about 3,700 years ago. And that means Conria had that type of technology like four or 5,000 years ago. (laughs) But I feel like I remember when we were learning about the Ruin Guards who were... What were they known as? Like tillers? Oh, they were tillers. Yeah. Field tillers. Yeah. Field tillers. Weren't they originally used for farming and then like later on became like mechanisms for war? Um, yes. no, I, well, I could be wrong, but I thought that they were always planned for war and that they sort of nicknamed them field tillers. Oh, that could be it. I don't remember. Tilling oh. the land with their blood. I just was yeah. thinking that if they were farming equipment, that's interesting because Guizhong's people, when they came to the Guili Plains, did become agriculturalists. <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe that's why she was interested in their stuff. Dainsleaf says the land is not to be tilled with farming tools, but rather to be fought for with steel and blood. Oh, so yeah, always mechanisms of war. Steel and blood. Steel and blood. Steel and blood. No! Bathing in blood! And you know what's interesting is like the question that becomes where did Guizhong go to get Conrian technology? Because they weren't coming up from their door in Sumeru, right? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do know there was a, I forget what story or cutscene it's from. Zhang Li talks about the fact that the mountains were made and like tunnels were made throughout it. Uh, throughout the mountains that even went to underground civilizations or something like that. Mm. And I originally thought maybe that was the old city that's in the chasm. Fuck. The chasm. <laughs> oh my god, you said chasm. Do you feel like chasm? she was like in touch with Conria? Like maybe she had like a whole thing going on with them? I think it's totally possible. Was she like a, a Conrian empathizer? She totally could be, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if she's older than Morax, a.k.a. Zhang Li, she also saw the fall of Arya, Sana, and Canon, and our moon princesses. It probably also saw the sun chariot fall, and there's a chance... Yeah, I mean, that happened when Zhang Li was young, so yeah. yeah, you're right. It could be. They do say that he was born and descended into Liwei, whatever that means. Thank God. He um, descended descender i know there's a big like theory out there that zhang li is a descender well they say that with with her too like yeah do all the gods descend yeah that's also true like are they born in celestia are they delivered by the astral express the sea of quanta just Mm -hmm. drops them in (laughs) see hashtag sea of quanta celestia is just pooping them out just like there's another god Maybe. I mean, a god of fertility. <laughs> They're coming out of the Ark. The Ark is a whole thing. Like, we know that the yes. Ark sort of... And the Ark is two things. Twin things, yeah. if you will. Can you re-explain the Ark? I know it's a Honkai thing. Sorry, Tim. So, the Ark... I was going to say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So, the Ark, the, <laughs> and now the Ark is a Genshin thing. Oh, it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ark is, uh, like, if you look up, like, what happened, like, how humanity originated, it was the Ark opened. They use that word. Um, yeah. And the Ark is also a Honkai impact thing where um, basically humanity's DNA was sent out. I don't want to get too deep into it because I know Tiff hates it. But um, th- basically, humanity's DNA was, like, sent out in an Ark. It was called Project Ark, literally. And um, they never heard back from them, so we don't know what happened to the Ark. It could be that the Ark landed in the world of Tavat. Then meanwhile in Tavat, the history of the world's creation was that everyone got off an Ark, basically. Mm -hmm. They do say that once the Primordial One kind of like defeated the dragons and kind of made the Light Realm into a realm for humans, that they brought, they opened the Ark for them to kind of establish themselves. Like the Primordial One never created humans. They They, just, yeah, they spent a few years preparing Mm -hmm. the world for humanity and then they opened the Ark. Oh, and is this why we've said this that Celestia might be the Ark? Yep. Oh yeah, it's a possibility. Like the possibility of Celestia being like a spaceship. I know, fiends, you've brought that up a, a few times. So it's 
possible. And the idea of gods descending from Celestia, because they are so, so much more powerful than anything, I have no doubt that would be why they say descend, or it could be another reason that they're like they're just descending from the heavenly realm to the mortal realm for whatever reason yeah it makes sense in a in a few ways because Mm -hmm. descending could be first of all descending from celestia makes sense because when humans reach a certain status like vanessa Mm -hmm. she ascends to godhood which means she ascends to celestia so it would make sense that people could descend from celestia but at the same time we know the uh the lore of the descenders are coming Mm -hmm. from some other world so it's sort of two different meanings yeah it gets very it gets very confusing because the same verb descending is used in multiple different contexts but we're we're getting a bit too far so <laughs> i was like save tiff from the the hog I'm tr- guy i'm chat. trying i'm trying <laughs> i'm tr- i'm just i'm trying <laughs> No, you're right, though. So Guizhong was really into... We got into this topic talking about how she likes Conrean technology. Conorea. She got the Conorea fever. So I'm curious, you know, we've talked a little bit about the chasm and how we think that nation that's like long dead that the Ruin Serpent's from could have been part of Conrea. Or was it older city that maybe was absorbed by Conrea? Because the Ruin Serpent does seem very Conrean and techy, like in, in technology wise. So I don't know if like maybe Conrea and Unknown Chasm City were in cahoots, kind of similar to how like Conrea could get to Inconomia. I don't know. Like are all these underground places connected? It feels like that's maybe the guacamole layer of the dip. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what not the bean dip i honestly i don't even like seven layer dip <laughs> what yeah i don't like anything in a seven layer dip basically how dare you i know i was about to say you're not a true midwesterner but i'm, I'm like not, of course you're not i'm not from new york baby <laughs> I, know. I know pizza i mean i bagels. grew up in oklahoma right above texas which is right above mexico so i love it seven layer bean dip you made the frijoles I just want Tex-Mex. I want Mexican food smothered in cheese. Why do you oh, think gosh. Natlan is my probably going to be my favorite fucking region? Right now it's Sumerio, but r- I think it's going to be Natlan in, in, in the end of the game. But is anyone's favorite leeway? Oh. I bet you a very large percentage is. I meant of us. The- oh, of us? No. Not mine's not. Yeah, Feeny I mean, is all about Mondstadt. It's my, my favorite landscape area. Where like you're on a mountain and it's like above the clouds. It's my favorite music in the entire game. But it's yeah. not your favorite region is what I'm getting. What is your favorite region, B? Um, I go back and forth. I don't know. Like I want, I want to say Inazuma, but the desert and Sumeru is like really my mm. shit. So mm-hmm. yeah, you can have a tie. A tie. You're allowed. Yeah. I mean, Al's picking one that she's never even seen yet. So. That's what do you mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah, not long. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, I said currently it's in it's Sumeru, but I'm I'm speculating that I will absolutely love Nalan. What's yours, Ted? Inazuma. Yep. I did you notice how I didn't even have to like Inazuma was her favorite just because it was purple. Yeah, I yeah. purple's my favorite color. We all I know love what Amanda's is. <laughs> monster but sumeru is a close second i thought you were gonna just say dragon spine all the way (laughs) there's no humans there except there's one human there he's not always there (laughs) he's chalk whoa anyway Ah! this hate slander continues so guizhong was really into like creating different mechanics as well and outside of the Mm -hmm. fact that she likes to use conrean parts (laughs) she also had like a really heated debate with Cloud Retainer about who had the better like ballistic basically, right? Yeah. And that's kind of an interesting point because in the timeline at that point, one question, why the fuck do these gods need a fucking ballista pointed at a particular location, which we can assume is the chasm, the chasm, the chahussi. Yeah, wait, what is the lore behind the Guizhong ballista besides the fact that Guizhong won and like um, it was there to protect the people. 
they yeah. put it up as a way to protect the people who moved up there. And during like the before the Archon War and like the early establishment of the Guile Assembly, there were a lot of monsters and a lot of weird shit happening. In the Primordial Jade Winged Spear, there's a reference to Baku. I I'm saying it horrendously yeah, no, that's wrong. A sile, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Is it a sile? Yeah. Yeah. It's a type of osa, I guess. Either they just have a different name reference in the description, but that's why Zhang Li made that specific spear. And a lot of the primordial jade weapon set is kind of made to attack those monsters. Well, if you even want to take a second to talk about Zhang Li, the water monster you're talking about, Al, it kind of had two names, like how Zhang Li mm-hmm. does, and. That's the Osile that, you know, they end up having to fight again during the Liwei Archon line, thanks to Child. But not only did Zhang Li and them need to fight other monsters, but this specific one in particular, he sent out his Geo Whale to go fight. I was like, you have to so fight Geo Whale? I, I, yeah. I took that as being Ostaha. Because remember, they used to be friends. They used to be get along well. Did he yeah. just fat shame Ostaha and call wow. Damn. No, you think it's as. So I thought that for like a hot second, but I then got this connection between Child and Zhongli, both having whales. And I was like, nah, nah, it's a real whale. Child has another whale. No, but it's. They call it the Geo Whale in um, uh, the uh, book. What's it called? The 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 Rex Lapis book series. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the stone cool. tablet compilations yes thank you <laughs> you're welcome so they they actually refer to the geo whale geo gods geo whale and that's so many questions about it and it makes me wonder if um child who is obviously a zhongli fanboy yeah is he doing the narwhal <laughs> thing as like <laughs> An homage, you know, his Maybe. lover. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And then, so when he sends this whale out to fight Osile, he fails, and he makes a geo bird, which I found so interesting because we just got done talking about how Ruka Devada sent this bird down in Sumeru at the Cataclysm, and I mean, I've always kind of seen the Sarai Island bird also kind of as like a bird of a. <laughs> So it's just interesting. Like, they all have birds. Except for Venti. He just has Devalin. That's a lizard bird. That's kind of a bird. He's a dragon. He deserves more. He's got, he's a bird with scales. No. So I just assume that that was code for an adeptus, like cloud retainer or uh, street word rambler. Is she a bird? I forget. I'm dead. I Um, I don't think we see her in a different form other than a young woman and then an old lady. Where like even that um, echoes of the heart, the lantern right thing. At the end, we see cloud retainer in her bird form where she was in her young woman yeah. form before that. So not an adept eye. He made a bird out of rock. It's like a fucking Pokemon. I mean, is there is. There is a couple of ground type birds out there. Poor penguins. They can't even fly. Aww. <laughs> they just We're gonna get see- to, you know, belly slide. That's We're going to see penguins fun. in Fontaine, I think. Oh, I mean, I hope so. They're so cute. cute. The diver boy has like a little robot penguin. Oh, I want it. Even though they eat fish, which not I all am of them. not crazy about. But wait, why? Why are you anti the fact that they eat fish? Because I love animals that don't eat meat. Because ah. I don't eat meat. <laughs> are there a lot of herbivores out there? <laughs> herbivores unite. Yeah, there's my yeah, like yeah? deer. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even think about the fact that deer don't eat meat. That's wild. Do even Galapagos penguins eat like yes fish? All yeah. penguins eat yeah. fish. Yeah. Well, yes. can you really blame the cold penguins though? No, like, you, I mean I'm not eat. blaming them. <laughs> <laughs> I still think they're cute and it's fine. But I'm yeah. here feeling bad for the penguins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the penguins eat the fish and then the seals eat the penguins. It's it's a circle of life. Yeah. The circle of life. Like how so, fiends wants to kill everybody. Well, I was just about to talk about Guizhong's death. So uh so Guizhong, just to go back to the ballista very quickly creates this ballista after her and cloud retainer argue over who has the better one they again guajon 
Kamala keeps bringing in her quote unquote neutral third party Morax who constantly sides with the neutral ground <laughs> slash her. And he's like, Yeah, I think yours is better, Guizhong. And Guizhong's like, Guizhong's dick is leaving sideways at this point. <laughs> to, um... But just to defend Guizhong, I actually think it's Cloud Retainer who makes Morax look at Who him. calls him in. Yeah, because then... he refers to him as she always says, One asked the Lord of Geo or whatever. Oh, yeah. She, says. she loves to refer to herself like that. Yeah. And you can actually currently find the Guizhong Ballista, or what's left of it, over in Mount Tianhang, which is, like, right to the left of the city of Liwei Harbor. And you guys are right, it does face over toward the chasm, which is interesting. I'm curious if they used the ballistas during the cataclysm, because all those monsters were coming up through the chasm. And we know that after her death, Cloud Retainer actually went and, like, finished the ballistas and did some upgrades to them. We also can see these ballistas being used on the Jade Chamber during the fight for Leeway Harbor against Osile, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Especially because at that point, we knew jack shit about Guizhong. Yeah. And we're like, what are these ballistas? What is happening? Why did Child summon a water monster? Yeah, like, it was like, why do I have to go to this specific one to go repair it or find it or whatever the quest actually was? And then, yeah, you had no... You don't know any of that story until much later, and it makes me want to re-watch that part mm-hmm. or almost, like, restart the game in a way. <gasps> No restarting the game. Well, I mean, not getting rid of mine, but terrifying idea. Brandon did it. I did. Have a second. And then I gave up on it. <laughs> I do it for the cutscenes only. Mm, that's true. It was it, it really interesting because I had a, like a whole different main set of characters. So and a new perspective, right? Like to yeah. going into it. But later on, Guizhong does die, and she dies during the Archon War. We don't really know many details about her death. And that, that's that. Like, all we know is that there's a cutscene where we can see the Yakshas containing her in what we can assume is like some sort of Yaksha field of energy. And I don't know if they were trying to contain like the last of her life, if that was their way of trying to save her. I'm very curious if there's like a statue of her somewhere. But she does die during the Archon War, and everyone's pretty sad about it. Yeah. She turns to dust. I mean, I know we all turn to dust at some point, but she, like, immediately turns to dust. That's <laughs> what happens when you're the god of dust. Yeah. Did the god of salt turn into salt? She did. Wait, she did. She, she, yeah. Yes, she did. So when, if Rex Lapis dies, he's going to turn into a, a rock? It's good. You yeah. know what? It's, he's actually rock. turning into dick rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's so, dick there you go. that's why you can't find um makoto she turned into electricity oh my god <laughs> boom which so at this point when guizhong dies during the archon war they are still vibing and living in the guayli plains like that's still where they're located mm-hmm so do we have any idea where she died? Like, is that ever hinted at or talked yes. about in the game? Yeah, they yes. kind of, in the uh, the stone tablet, one that B brought up, mm-hmm. um, well, that you called the Zhongli Diaries, <laughs> they talk about how the Archon War actually came to them. It was spreading across the entirety of Tabat. So um, there's a good chance she died at home. Yeah, but like yeah. where? It's in the the. <laughs> you want to know her exact? He's like, well, where we do we do know we do know exactly where. <laughs> yeah, where can I go find her body, Al? In in Kuji Slope, the you know where the pyro flower is? Yeah, it's right north of that. Yes, it's north of that where it gets all like dark and like really weird and dusty. Oh, where those well, pillars are. All the pillars. And when you oh. go and actually unlock the pillars, it opens up a tomb. And it is a tomb that we can assume is Guizhong's tomb. And it definitely seems like from the topography of the location, as well as all these pillars, because when we look back to the cutscene, it definitely looks like this is the more than likely place where Guizhong died. Like you're saying that the the nine pillars, for travelers mm-hmm. who don't know, there's like a nine pillar quest that you can do. And you have to like go put orbs into like these nine pillars. And once you do that, it unlocks a building and there's like treasure and shit and spiders. It's like one of the first times you see spiders mm-hmm. It's very horrifying Mm -hmm. because they're like the size of your head. But are you trying to say that these pillars are possibly what the Yakshas are standing on during that cutscene? Possibly. Yeah. Because when you when you look at it and the fact that it's 
a one a tomb the entire location looks just dreary and sad as fuck i think there's some more concrete evidence once you go in there and there's certain materials that explain some things i can't i can't remember exactly which material that was and there's like a tombstone outside of it that you can't even read right exactly. like, like why aren't you allowing me to read it what are you hiding genshin and, and- was it just coincidence or or did this happen to everybody? Is that the first time you fight the unusual hilly troll? No, I had to no. fight him there. Okay, I so him before. he 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 welcomed me at the at the pillars. <laughs> <laughs> but that location is just across the river from where the Gwaili Assembly kind of was situated, and where the ruins of the Gwaili Assembly are in the Gwaili Plains. So it's also near the Luhua Pool, which is also a creation of Guizhong. So we can assume because of the proximity, because of the importance, because it looks like... You know how they say Guyun Stone Forest was kind of made from pillars that Zhongli, like, threw down? Yeah. What's to say that these aren't kind of, like, similar pillars that he threw down that just haven't been, you know, encrusted in stone yet? This feels like such an important place, and... We know Cloud Retainer is alive. Streetward Rambler is alive. Marchusius is alive because he's Globa. So the main players of the Guili Assembly are alive except Guishong. So we can kind of assume that this is her resting place. Interesting. Because there's, like you said, there's no markings in there or anything that really decipher. Although on what kind of looks like the casket, you can, I think you can obtain like a artifact Mm. or something on it. So yeah, it's something. It's a flora, that blue flower. But yes, I, I, at least I think this is her final resting place. That's a really interesting theory, and it make, it definitely makes sense based on what you're talking about. I actually just went there in the game to look at it quick. Um, oh, hell yeah. Go down there. Get in there. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, but do you think she died there, or they just, like, put her to rest there? Both. Both. Because there was she... no body. She turned to dust. Exactly. So that's probably why they have kind of the makeshift tomb. It's not to hold her body. It's, an, it's a tomb for those to... To remember her i think the dust of her body is still technically in the air because it's all dusty there uh so whenever you go to that particular location just know you're breathing in gui shang i hate that <laughs> it's like ooh, ooh. And is that a fart no it's just gui shang <laughs> and that's really all we know about Guizhong, right? Yeah. Until we have some more concrete stuff, which I know we've talked about the Genshin anime that's been speculated as well as teased and and with their own teaser trailer. We don't know exactly what arc they're going to go for, what they're going to, you know, show, but we do It would be amazing if it was about the Archon War in each region and we get to see more about Guizhong and Retainer and Streetwear Rambler. And, and Zhongli all working together and having and a... And Deshred and the Goddess yes. of Flowers and Devana. Yes. Yeah. We want that. Oyo, if you're listening, which you should be because this is up your alley because it's about your game, you know, hire us. Well, we we can we can write this. Give us <laughs> give us the lore. I I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so after Guizhong, I think the next one we should talk about is Guoba, actually. Because... A lot of people, because they kind of announced that Guoba was the stove god during an event. I don't remember what event. Was it a lantern, right? Moonlight merriment event. Okay. During that event is when they kind of announced that Guoba was the stove god. So a lot of travelers don't even know that he is the stove god. So I'm sure anyone who didn't play that event and then saw lantern right this year where Zhongli was like, ah, hello, old friend, was like, what the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) He really was an old friend. But Guoba doesn't remember. I mean, we think that Guoba had some kind of recollection of maybe who Zhongli was in that lantern, right? But he doesn't know who he was because of his tragic little story. Also heroic story. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk a little bit about Marchosius, aka Woba, prior to losing his little baby memory? <laughs> <laughs> well, after uh, Guizhong died, and I don't know if we know that the Archon War was definitely done at this point or if it was still going on, but there was a, a big flood that happened and our people were moving back down south. And while we were moving, it still continued to rain and it was just a very treacherous kind of journey for everybody. And Guoba was actually making a delicacy to keep everybody happy and healthy during it, which is he was making a delicacy of flatbread with meat sauce. I'm dead. (laughs) I make that delicacy all the time. (laughs) But isn't that just, um, oh shit, what's, what's the more meat mora mora meat could be oh what the what the fuck is it because like you bite into it's basically like a bun full of meat sauce right wait that's so funny is is that is it or is it more sloppy joe like i can't remember i mean in the cutscene of this whole thing that again we'll have that up on the site uh, from this event where, where we're learning all of this madam ping is actually explaining it to us we see it it looks like a flat bow I guess. So yeah, it could be that. It could be like a, a pocket of meat sauce. Um, but it's just referred to as a flatbread of meat sauce. And that kept everybody really happy and dry, I guess. <laughs> I'm crying. Dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they were cold and wet. They made them all happy. You see them go like, oh, yeah. That's, that's the opposite of dry. In fact, they were sopping. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what just happened, but don't, I'm going to continue. Don't worry about it. So, the, our people went back down to uh, Liyue Harbor and they were resettling kind of back there. And there's something that happens. It's centuries after. Like they're back, they're down there, they're living life, they're, you know, doing all this stuff and being a prosperous community once again. And then there's another calamity that I guess happens and I don't know if it's Conneria or if it's something else that happened but Woba basically has to use all of his power and all of his might to protect the lands of Leeway yeah and because- it's the it's the cataclysm it is the cataclysm yeah tiff was saying they're they're migrating at that point Mm -hmm. because they're like all these monsters have shown up there's flooding happening like they don't know what to do i think they're already back down there before i think it it says like there's it was centuries that they lived there before the cataclysm so they were there for a bit before woba had to use up his because like when woba was like he he was still his old self at that point oh okay i I thought that wait what did you thought that it happened the move happened during the cataclysm I thought it was either during or before, and that's when Guoba gave himself to the dirt. I thought it was before. I thought they migrated slightly before, but I don't know. All I know is that that uh, Guoba used all of his energy during the cataclysm. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it confused me a lot in the story about like I was like, am I missing some other? I know the Archon War, I know the cataclysm, like I know all that stuff, and then it was like in this little cutscene, which is again a beautiful cutscene, but you see Morax and these giant hands, and I'm like, what does that have anything to do with anything? Um, So I I was like, is this another fight that happened? And very Raiden Shogun esque too, like the fights that we do. Exactly. It looked like the Shogun's giant hand things. Puppet hands. Weird. What if that's just a god thing, though? The giant hands? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But at this point, after... So, this, I think we mentioned it in... It was definitely in a previous episode. We talked about how Ruka Davada used up her energy and she became very small, which is why Nahida is small. In the same kind of vein, Marcosius used up all of his energy and he became very small and then in the most adorable way possible he plops his little ass down on an offering table and goes i'm out i gotta take a nap and it's the cutest thing because it literally just goes and he's like he falls asleep and uh he sleeps for a very long time and he wakes up and he is you know there's a a, the littlest tiny jingling laying on the ground (laughs) next to him who gave him some food and he woke up and started eating the food and just yeah. kind of followed her around after it's, that. It's one of the few times we see aging in this game because we see Zhang Ling as a young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cutest little girl too. Yeah. I mean, she's cute, cute now, but it was the baby. cutest little thing. She had a cute little butt and like, oh, so cute, cute little, like same hairstyle, but yeah. small. I don't but know. But yeah, so he, he woke up as Guoba at that point. So that's when his name actually changes too. And I think it's because when he speaks, that's all he kind of says is Guoba. He's like, Groot. Um, <laughs> he just says Guoba. 
And he follows her around after that. And yeah, he doesn't have his memories, but I, Madam Ping, I think, tells us that, you know, there is the possibility that he still, he might not know why he's drawn to people, but it's still, his old friendships are still there. He wants Aww, to make sure that they sweet. got good food. Kuching tells Xiangling that she has an adeptal affinity. And that oh. when Goga woke up and saw, you know, the chili mince cornbread buns that she made, that was his recipe. And he sort of approved of her cooking and decided to follow her based on that. And then Madame Ping notes that though he remembered nothing, eating the food you had cooked gave him a feeling of familiarity. And that's why he stuck by you. So, so sweet. Like, I don't know if Zhongling knew that she was making a recipe that was Guoba's, but... I would assume she knew because before Guoba goes out to take his nap, he passes on all of his recipes to Cloud Retainer, Madame Ping, and Morax, right? Or I guess Madame Ping isn't there anymore because Madame Ping left when Guizhong died. So he gives Cloud Retainer and Morax, like, all of his recipes. No, it was actually Zhongli and Ping that he shared his recipes with. Oh, that's interesting, since at that point, Ping had left the... She was down in Leeway, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's weird. Like, you left, but you're going to do this? Come on. (laughs) It's it's a little strange. Yeah. Doesn't talk to anybody, but then comes back and is like, give me the recipe for the meat patty, (laughs) the meat bread. (laughs) Oh, no. That's what it is. Meat bread. But Zhongling, her father's also like a big chef, so I'm sure he would know it. Mm-hmm. And that she might have learned it. And that may have been one of the first things she learned cooking with her father. Oh, my God. That would be so cute. Now I need to know if that's lore. She does talk about how, like, her father has basically been the one teaching her everything. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that Chef Mao would have been you know, passed down this recipe. Yeah. And then taught it to his daughter. If Guoba shared the recipes with Zhang Li and Ping, oh, I mean, we all know that it was Ping that passed the recipes down because Zhang Li is useless. But at some point, that's going to trickle down to Chef Mao, who's like the best cook ever. And then he would teach his daughter. And she, and then she, in turn, goes and like finds this cave where Guoba is slumbering and offers this food that he conceived of. That's so sweet, honestly. So I'm then, sorry. that's really the end of Guoba's story. And I don't mean the end in that he's dead, because Guoba's alive. But that's the end of like the lore around Guoba. So then next up, I would think we'd have Morax. I mean, there's a lot of questions about Zhang Li and his relation to the assembly too. I mean, he had a big shift when Guizhong died and I feel like the Guili assembly was a big part of his life and maybe even helped him kind of find a, a home of sorts. Yeah. And isn't like the the Guili assembly just their names together like Zhang Li and yeah. Guizhong. But like he didn't go by Zhang Li back then. So do you think that's like on purpose? Well, we we don't know for sure. Guili is their power couple name. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the first syllable of Guishong and the last syllable of Zhongli. It does say that we don't really know what name he was going by, but the fact that they together created this and like, yeah, he went by Morax, but I have no doubt people who knew him better would have called him Zhongli. True. Although I do think one of the gods, like one of the other archons says like, oh, he's going by Zhongli these days. I think it might be Venti because that's like his human name. Yeah, because there's also Rex Lapis too. We haven't mentioned that one. Can we talk for a a second about how the gods can like take different forms? Because I know we talked about this in our twin archons episode where we're like, does A have a body? Right. (laughs) Does she have a body? Yaddy, yaddy. So... (laughs) We know, we know. When I thought back, I was like, wait, um, Venti used to be a wisp. Zhang Li can be a dragon or a person. So they, they can take any form they want. So I think the, you know, the actual answer is that, yeah, like she can have a body or not. Okay. She can take control of the puppet's body. She could manifest her own body if she wanted to. Mm-hmm, interesting. That's, th- those are my thoughts on that. I will say that I don't think Zhongli went by Zhongli. I I do have a kind of baby theory in my head that it's a mixture of Guizhong and Guili. Like it's the Zhong from Guizhong. 
mixed with the Li of the Gui Li. So if those were two things that really mattered to him, he became Zhongli because that's also his human form. And he wouldn't want like any other gods or archons to recognize him since he is trying to like live amongst the people. Yeah, because that's his name while he's um, working for Hutao, right? Wait, wait, hold up. But you said Gui Li, which is the name that they came up with. How could you come up with the Gui Li name if Gui Li is already established? Yeah. No, I think um, Fiends was saying how Zhang Li came up with the name. Yeah, I think he, I think Morax came up with the name Zhang Li from Gui Zhang and Gui Li. But, but so what Zhang Alice is saying is that Gui Li originated because of Zhang Li. And I'm saying I don't think that's true. <laughs> so then where's the Li coming from? She's saying that Zhang Li took that name. He was Morax then. He was Rex, La- Rex Lapis as the dragon archon and Zhang Li as the human that works for Hu Tao. I can understand that. But what what brought the Li in Gui Li? I got no clue. It's not the name because (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Venti that says something like, oh, he's going by that now. Cool. (laughs) Oh, have you seen that gentleman around? He's just a normal man by the name of Zhongli now. That must be quite the change for that old blockhead. (laughs) (laughs) Blockhead. Interesting. So maybe it was something else. And also like Venti, this is some like cute side lore. But after the Archon War happened and, like, the seven Archons were established, Venti went over to visit Morax. Or I should say Barbados went over to visit Morax. And Morax was, like, all ready. He was like, I'm going to drop a contract. The Animal Archon's coming to ask for a favor. What can I offer them? Like, blah, blah, blah. And Barbados came over and threw a bottle of wine at Morax and was like, let's drink. This is my favorite wine. And they sat down and had a drink together and Barbados kept coming back to Leeway Harbor to learn the area, to hang out with Morax. And that's actually what led to the original seven Archons all hanging out together. And they would get together once a year in Leeway Harbor and drink and talk and everything like that. So if anything, too, the fact that Venti is the one saying he goes by Zhongli now, I think that just proves that Zhongli was really never a name he went by. Because Venti is the second oldest Archon as well. Like he would, He's been around the longest next to but Zhongli. But when did he decide to become Venti? Um, I believe that he became Venti, he says it during the manga, I think. When he's hiding himself, right? He's trying yeah. to hide in plain sight. Yeah, when he's trying to hide in plain sight, he introduces himself as Venti. But eventually he tells Vanessa that he is Barbados. Because you remember, too, with Venti, he's also hiding his real truth. Like, no one in Monsta is supposed to know that he's the animal archon, even though, like, half the people in Monsta know. I mean, there is only 12 people in Monsta, so <laughs> that's why half of them know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like the idea that uh, Zhang Li... I mean, it makes sense if he made this name up because Gui Zhang, Zhang Li. Yeah. Gui Li, like, but... I think it's cute. He must have been named something ending with Li before. No. Because that's why... <laughs> no? No! That's a whole thing in the lore, Amanda. <laughs> it's literally... How yeah. they got the it's in no, they the say they don't know name. what the name was. Yeah, they, they said they don't, they don't know. know. <laughs> they don't know what the name was, but it had to have Lee in it. Well, doesn't yeah. make him Zhang Lee then. No, I don't think <laughs> I think do you want to hear my thought? I think it's lazy story writing. And I think that they forgot that Zhang Lee wasn't always Zhang Lee. <laughs> I really do. I think you're probably right. (laughs) Because everything points the opposite and he already has like 12 names and none of them have also had a Lee in it. So I I think it just, unless, I will give you one thing, unless only Guizhong called him Zhongli. But I don't think so. Is his name Morax in Chinese? Could it be that, like a translation Uh, thing? Maybe it could be. Wait, what was Madame Ping's name? Street Street Rambler? Rambler? What was yeah, uh, Cloud name. Retainer's name? Cloud Retainer. <laughs> she doesn't have another name? Not that we but know no. of. Okay. Well, I don't think the adept I do. She never hid herself. Madame Ping only changed her name to hide herself amongst the people. Can we talk about how Weijong was everyone's cup of tea? I mean, have you seen her? She's so cute. I know. <laughs> She's my cup of tea. But who was in love with her? Zhang Li, Cloud Retainer, and Madame Ping. They were all mm-hmm. in love with her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I making that up? No. 
she just has that energy man yeah she's like, like the goddess of flowers yeah you know there's just some people out there in life that have that like infectious energy where like people are just going to be drawn to them no matter what they do or say i have no idea yeah. why i thought you were about to say an infectious pussy but i mean that wow. too they they could not stop gobbling it up <laughs> i'm on my bullshit thank you but sorry uh, i derailed um, us no no, my no, God, no. You, you didn't eh but i guess our other people outside of Zhong lee is the adepti that are involved and it seems mm-hmm. like it's mostly just cloud retainer and madam ping yeah i there's p- a possibility that there are multiple i think mountain shaper is that the guy that you love no moon carver moon carver there's another adepti that used their antlers on Mount Tiahong during one of the floods after the Archon War, I think. Something along those lines. I love that this place keeps flooding. Well, it makes sense because there's sea monsters and, you know, they're going to make some tidal waves. And I think it's mentioned offhand, I think, in Ganyu's Her Story Quest. I think there's a reference that her father was maybe related to the Gwaley assembly in some case maybe not like a full member but like just showed up and like hey y'all need help i got you bye like yeah because mm. well these are like our main characters they do say mm. there were like a few adepti and stuff that were involved in like i said maybe even another arc uh, not archon another god or two right yeah they're probably there would there would probably be some like minor gods because isn't there who no, it wasn't Marchusius that made Zhang Li's outfit, right? That was a Yaksha. Oh, it was a Yaksha. Okay, I was I was getting confused. None of the Yakshas were in the Guili assembly, right? No. They were just servants to Zhang Li. At that point, that was all contracts, which could have only happened after the Archon War. Right, right, right. Because that's when Leeway was established, Leeway Harbor. And basically Which hold up, hang on. So I want to make this clear. Leeway Harbor was established 3,700 years ago. That does not mean it was like the first settlement. Zhang Li rose Mount Tiehong from the waters because it was very wet at the time and kind of made a mining outcropping. Like it was a mining settlement for a little bit, which is how he got the jade to make the jade winged spear to kill Osile. And then the Gwaley assembly happened. He's like, yo, there's this hot girl and she's smart. I'm going to go bang her. Everyone come with me. And then after Guishong died, they relocated back to that mining encampment, which then became Leeway Harbor. Yeah, yeah. And Leeway Harbor, you know, was where the first contract was created. That's where Zhang Li became who he is or who he was prior to his fake death. And it's where like the Jising and the Millilith kind of all became like the framework of how the Leeway Harbor kind of ruled itself while he was alive and after his fake death. Yeah, because he did trust the people. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why he felt like he could be like, yeah, I I can leave. They got it. He had to prove himself. Mm -hmm. He had to prove that people could do it to uh, Cloud Retainer. Mm -hmm. It was not falling for it originally. Yeah. And the Jishin take care of it all and they run it all. They got things. (laughs) But is there anything else you guys want to add in about this week's episode? I had one thing, which is um, Zhang Li and also Madam Ping. They both sort of have this poetic way of speaking about the moon. Mm. Zhang Li says the moon is a carrier of countless emotions. So many things only seem to surface as we gaze up beneath its poignant glow. Wherever the moonlight shines, the heart is wont to follow. And, and that's sort of repeated by Madame Ping. And it just made me think that they are equating the moon in a way with Guizhong. So I'm like, yeah. Do dead people go to the moon after they die? Like, oh do they God. ascend to the moon? Ooh, I'd be down with that. Was Guizhong just a big fan of the moon? And it inspired people to like think of her when they looked at the moon? Or is there something else going on, you know? Or did she return to the lunar palace 
exactly become another silly princess i don't know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i don't know man we need so much more shit to know i mean i will say it'd be very interesting if that were the case because i also have found it interesting that zhang li decided to work for hu tao you know he could have done a lot of stuff to blend in he's like let me yeah. get close to death <laughs> <laughs> well i think he respects hu tao's respect for the afterlife as well as you know the the rights of you know death rituals there's a lot of tradition that goes into that and i think he he found solace in that perhaps like he's got a I don't want to say he's got a thing for death, but he's got this obsession with death because of the people who have died in his life. So I wouldn't be surprised that he's like, you know. I mean, that's also his sugar mama. So <laughs> it's very true. I would say my my theory on that is he was he knew that he could Hu Tao wasn't gonna give a shit enough to try and figure him out. She is too true. busy trying to <laughs> sell a grave and do her thing that she would just be like, Yeah, all right, this dude, you know. But that's also not true because Hu Tao. They already thinks that he's an adept eye. Oh, that's true. Will I come back to the lantern right too? I think so, because that was when in the most recent one where they're having like, was it Hu Tao who set up this dinner? But it's yeah. like, everyone come join. And like there's Zhao and Zhang Li bickering back and forth. They're pretending not to know each other, but it's so fucking obvious that they know each other. There's tension. This is very cute. This is why I ship Zhao with the traveler half the time. It <laughs> just goes out. And we follow and it's like, you okay, my dude? Well, also, Ku Tao, just to go back to, she has this interesting connection with the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And we also see that in her sprinting. Like when she sprints, butterflies appear and she disappears. Why did I not notice that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a cue. It's like Mm -hmm. Ayaka, but she only, or Mona, but she only does it like in a quick sprint and then she reappears. Yes. Uh, It's like butterflies. During her storyline, it's very much suggested that Hu Tao can pass into the afterlife if she wanted and come mm. back. Oh, so God. I Which, remember that now. If that's the case, Zhang Li might be hanging out with her, maybe hoping to get one more talk with Gui Zhang. But he's also in charge of adeptal burials there. Which would also make sense logically that he would want to work for a funeral parlor and direct his own funeral. Because that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it probably helped him hide his death as well. So, yeah. But with that being said, I do think that's all the time we have today. Thank you, travelers, for taking a little history trip with us. I feel like we went like on a history field trip. On, like the magic school bus, you know, we went through the Archon <laughs> War and the Cataclysm and like the olden days. And we're back here in present day Tabat. Next week will be our season two finale. We're going to go back in history again. And we're, <laughs> yes, we will go back in history to talk about Conria. Conria. <laughs> but don't worry, we are not ending at season two. Our third season will pick back up in September. So we will be back. But we will see you guys next week when we discuss Conria and the cataclysm and everything about it. Until then, safe journeys, travelers. We'll see you next time. Bye, dusty nerds. <gasps> not dusty. You're dusty.